0: No further information. It's a podcast for cops and electricians. This episode will focus on cops. A little preamble before we get into today's storyteller. So, somehow my dumbass managed to figure out how to get the show onto Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please search for NFI or No Further Information in your podcast app of choice to find us. You'd be doing me a solid by rating, following, and subscribing, leaving a review. The more, uh, quote-unquote, traffic that the show gets in all these platforms, the more likely the almighty algorithm will introduce the show to newer listeners. I like to think that the almighty algorithm, and that's uh, two capital A's, will one day finally come down from the cloud, get it, the cloud, like it's got, anyway, and grace us with its presence. It'll uh, somehow make the Big Bang Theory finally funny and clear up my patchy skin. Uh, you can find links to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify by visiting our site, www.nfipodcast.com, in the top banner. Uh, from now on, I'm going to pull an Adam Corolla move. And instead of saying www, I'm just going to go. So visit our site, nfipodcast.com. Or do we even have to say that anymore? Do we have to say www? All right, anyway. Uh, so help me out. <laughs> Uh, And I'll personally come to your house and rearrange the books on your bookshelf. I'm sure it looks like shit anyway. Anyone else's bookshelf like mine? Or it's like books, but also batteries. Uh, The box from my wireless keyboard from five years ago that I'm pretty sure I can reuse for something else. And then a screw, right, that I have no idea what it goes to. But I'm sure that as soon as I throw it out, my wife's going to come to me and ask... Hey, have you seen a purple screw that's shaped like the state of Montana and has the word butts with a Z on it? It's uh, crucial for the structural integrity of the garage. Uh, Anyway, I hope you're enjoying the show. I'm working on ideas for shorts. Um, I'll have some more social media platforms up soon, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, or X. How long do we have to keep doing that? X, formerly known as Twitter. How long do we do that with Prince before we finally said, Nah, fuck that shit, he's Prince. I think even Prince was like, Look at these idiots. I made these fucking seals bark. Also, how do you type that symbol? Do you have to use like a Windows keyboard? Or you just always have to copy and paste it from Google? As soon as I get these other platforms up, I'll share them with you. Please feel free to share any ideas you have about shorts or any other content. Uh, The exciting news is that I have an idea for merch that isn't a worthless t-shirt that I think you guys will really dig, so keep an eye out for that. Anyway, I really appreciate all the support. Now on to our storyteller. Today you're going to hear from a warrior, a dynamo, great mother, wife, daughter, friend, and my sister from another mister. She's a great cop and an even better person. She's tiny, but she'll spider monkey your ass. This is Officer Bob, campus police officer.
1: Hi, I'm Officer Bob. I'm a campus police officer in Texas. There are a lot of people that like to baby women, and I don't like that. Like, I want to be one of the guys, too.
0: Okay. Are, are, are female officers, are some female officers different than male officers? Yes. So, some of the stereotypes do play out.
1: Correct. Okay. Height, weight, for the most part. But if I can't handle it, then I can tell you. Would you, though? <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. So... Let's uh, use uh, physical dimensions as an example. Um, it's no surprise that on, as a, on, on, on the whole, men are stronger than women. Correct. So if you have a physical encounter that you uh, find yourself being bested at, and then the male officers swoop in and say, move over, honey, we got this. I mean, how, 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 do you, how does one handle that? Aside from being just a female police officer, but how does one handle that?
1: Well, if I'm getting my ass kicked on the side of the road, please help me out. But if if I'm in a position where I need the help, then I'm thankful.
0: And so let's let's say this. So um, I I get my ass kicked because I'm, and then you know other officers swoop in and come help me. But then it's different for me, right? Because people go, oh, man, we we backed you up, right? But for you, it's, oh, oh, she couldn't handle it, right? Correct. Do you just have to be louder then? Do you have to be, do you have to, do you have to puff your chest and so? no, man, I, I got this, I got this. Like, do you find yourself having to do that?
1: You and I show up on the scene, I have to have a louder command presence than you do because... They can size you up and say, okay, no. But with me, it's like, oh, I can handle her. I, but I have to show them, like, no. There's, I, a, there's an added pressure. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, um, is there an added pressure for being female and a minority? Yes. Especially in this profession, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: of course, because we know each other, you know. I absolutely, I've never met
0: you before in my life.
1: I absolutely hate when other black people people are like you're my sister like they want me to because they're black have their back
0: so in a hypothetical scenario where this has never happened before <laughs> you and i show up on a job and the guy doesn't or the the subject or whomever the target of my attention doesn't like what i'm saying and sees you and go man this motherfucker and hey what's up sister and then you're you, you to the to the target. You're the salvation from me, the fucking asshole. How do you deal with that? I mean, how do you have to have you you do. It seems to me, and I'm not black, but but it's it's a delicate balance. Yes. And how do you balance that?
1: First of all, I want you to understand that I'm not your sister because I take it as it's offensive to me because. If I'm your sister or I got your back or you got my back, we wouldn't be put in this situation to have to deal with this. So, no, I'm not your sister. Now, just because you're black don't mean I have to have your back because I can murder somebody, you can murder somebody, they can murder somebody. That doesn't mean anything because you're black. Now, what I feel a type of way about is the fact that you think that I should have your back. I didn't show up here with you. I showed up here with him. So I have his back because I know him. I don't know you.
0: I think you said it to me the best one time. You said, I'm blue first out here on the street. Correct. I love that. Can you expound on that just a little bit more?
1: Because like I said, you're a police officer, I'm a police officer. So We're partners. I, we're partners. I got your back. But I don't know this person. I may know a little bit about him. I may have dealt with them a few times but I don't know them the way that I know you. We go to lunch together, we talk about our families, we hang out outside of work. So it's more of a relationship with us than it is with them. And even if they if if you're wrong then I'm going to have your back on the streets. But well, then when we right. get back to the office, I'm like, right. "Hey, that was fucked up, right, man." Right. Right.
0: Yeah. And if and if I was actively violating some <laughs> civil rights, you'd intervene and and you know, so but but yeah, so it's there's the natural inclination is, oh, you, black female or black, just black officer, will save me from the tyranny of this other cop who's who whom I disagree with. And you know, <clears throat> we're talking about, you know, quote unquote suspects, but you know, even a person <laughs> in the particular example you and I are thinking of, <laughs> but e- even in that particular context, the person wasn't necessarily like the subject of an investigation per se. We were there. As a matter of fact.
1: We had four minutes till we were supposed to go home. That's not you should have ignored him.
0: That, that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> what I was going to say is he was the one who called us. He was the one who flagged us down. Um, and then waved us down. Okay. I can't just keep driving.
1: He didn't want anything.
0: Were you just saying hi?
1: <laughs> yes, he was just saying yes, hi. Yes,
0: motherfucker, he was just saying hi. <clears throat> so, do you do you feel like um, there's any pressure to uh, you know? To, do you feel like there's any pressure to be like the the example role model police officer because you have all of these other all of these additional pressures that many cops don't. But you're, you're female, minority so now you're like exalted right now you're the you're the you're the token we have to parade you out and you're the you're the black you're you're our minority female police ooh shiny did you do you ever feel like there's pressure did you ever feel exploited
1: um a lot of times most agencies that i have worked at in law enforcement i have been the only female black officer i have been wanted to come to that agency because I'm black, because I'm a female. And, I mean, it's not I'm in a rural area so there's not many of us. And I do feel exploited, not to a fault, because like, I can bring more to the agency. Usually when I'm coming to an agency it's to bring a minority Mm -hmm. to the agency. And so... I feel a way about it, but at the same time, I if I, unless I decide to go to a place where there are more of people like me, then I'm I'm just gonna have to deal with it. I've learned that you just gotta take it, take the punches.
0: Uh, how, knowing you, <clears throat> knowing you personally and professionally, um, I think that um, that veil, that transparent veil of like ooh shiny black you know female i think you do really well to quickly eliminate that by proving your prowess as an investigator as a hard worker and so now you it's almost like you have this uh, let's throw one one more up on the board this additional pressure of okay not only am i a female police officer not in a male dominated profession not only am i a minority now I have to, like, over almost overcompensate or compensate for the fact that I was hired because of fill in the blank and show. So, man, it's a, it's a lot of pressure.
1: It is. It's so a lot of pressure. what I like to do is I don't worry about the pressures. I just come in, do what I'm supposed to, do my work, and let it show for itself. Like, a lot of times when you start an agency, you have to go in. I won't say go in hard, but I would have to be harder than I would normally be.
0: Uh, if if you just told me about your upbringing, apropos of nothing, and you, then you told me, oh, I became a that's that would be strange to me. What and I know it's cliche to ask people this, but I, I'm I'm because I know why, I'm particularly interested in why you decided to get on the job.
1: So my senior year in high school, I um I went to school in the area that my mom went to school in. Right. And so one of the girls that I went to high school with, my classmate, my mother, was her her mother's classmate. Right. I don't mind she and her name. Her name is.
0: Okay, we we will have to. Y- y- you understand. You don't get sued. Yeah. Uh, my fucking ass gets sued. Okay. <laughs> so don't. <laughs> so, so. But but okay.
1: So she. <laughs> yeah. Dumbass. Anyway, so her mother and my mother were classmates. By
0: the way, you can't use this thing as a platform to throw shade at people. Right, that's not what this the point of this
1: podcast. <laughs> anyways her mother her mother and my mother I can't hear myself anymore. Her mother and my mother were classmates. Hello, yeah, I can her mother and my mother were classmates, and so she was killed in a domestic violence incident. The mom, the mom of the classmate. The mom and the classmate were both killed right. in a domestic violence oh incident. Mother-daughter. Yes. Jesus. Had the funerals together and right. everything. Right. So How awful. Yeah. So I decided at that point that I wanted to do something to make a difference. At first I wanted to be a lawyer, and then I was like, I really don't like school. <laughs> so at the time I was a security officer. Oh, right. And right. I was just like... I want to be a police officer that I can make a difference.
0: This this was just out of the blue, up your ass. You're sitting around. You're like, well, I, that seems to be the next step, natural step.
1: Yeah. Because it. at the time I was a supervisor. And, right. But there was nothing more that I could do. So I wanted to go a step higher. So I went home and I told my husband that I wanted to be a police officer. And I just thought he was going to say, like, bullshit. Like, he thought I was playing. But no, my husband was like, no, you should do it. Like, I think you'll be good at it. And I was just like, are you serious? And then he's like, yeah, I think you'll be good at it.
0: Don't you hate it when people call your bluff? Like, fuck. Yeah. So Go say no. It's kind
1: of, yeah, it's kind of what he did. Like, he called my bluff. And then he's, and I was like, well, in August there will be a class starting. And he was like, well, if you look that much into it, like, you should do it. At the time, I had two months until I would have to have my paperwork and stuff in. And he's like, you should go up to the college and you should talk to him. Well, I put that out for a month. I didn't do it. Why? I was scared. Right. Like, I finally had the backing that I could do it, but I was scared. Like, what if I die? Like, I started thinking all of the horrible things. Like, I don't know. I was scared. So finally, my husband was like, look, you have a month to get everything done. Are you going to do it or are you not going to do it? You're the one who came to me with the idea. Like, you should do it, but you got to do it. Like, I can't do it for you. Right. So I finally decided I got all my paperwork in two weeks before I had to have it all done. And um, once I got into the academy, I, I still was, like, scared. And
0: What were you scared of?
1: I don't know. Now, I don't know. Right, right. But even, like, up until I actually got a job, like, the whole time throughout the academy, like, I paid for it myself. I did everything myself. And I had an agency come to me and was like, well, if you don't find a job before you get out of the academy, like, we would like you to come reserve for us. And then at that point, that's when it really became real because it was like, do I really want to work for free? And I could be killed. Right. So I continued on being a security officer. I worked my first agency for three months. And throughout those three months, I was like, I really think I can do this. Like, I can be a paid police officer. Like, I think I, I can do it. It took those first few shifts for me to really just say, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm a police officer. But once that wore off, after about, one, it was way into my, my paid agency where I was just like, I actually, it was one year, my very first year. After I made it one year, I was like, I can do this. People have been telling me I'm a good police officer, and I didn't prove to myself until one year.
0: Like, People can say whatever they want, but... You're of the personality is like, not until I believe, it, not until I prove it to myself. Yeah. Um, in a weird way, the initial reserve position kind of wet your feet. Yeah. And kind of made you say, like, okay, all right, okay, like I, I can do it. And then that catapulted you to full-time police work. Mm-hmm. So in a way, that was good. Yeah. The reason you signed up, this awful thing happens while you were a kid to someone you know who's close to you and your family. You sign up to sort of um, right that wrong, maybe, Mm -hmm. or I want to make a difference. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Then from that point till the time you're actually on the job, there's so much happening. Mm -hmm. Did you ever get your moment where where you said to yourself, like, this is why I signed up for the fucking job?
1: Yes, it actually happened again. Can you tell us? So in 2020, I actually was uh, I was at that paid position, and I got hurt on the job. A pregnant lady kicked my knee backwards. I was trying to arrest her on a warrant. They wouldn't allow—if she wouldn't have fought me, she wouldn't have went to jail. But she fought me. Um, because you, you know
0: you weren't gonna arrest her for the
1: warrant. No, so I was going to arrest her for the warrant, but because of COVID, you know they weren't taking everything, they weren't taking people to jail, and we actually had to drive to another county to take people to jail, and they didn't want me to take her to another jail where she was pregnant and there was COVID in the jail.
0: Was this TCIC? Yes. So it was a state warrant, not a unpaid ticket.
1: Yeah, it was a, a Class A. Okay. So because it wasn't a felony, they wouldn't take her.
0: Oh, okay. All right,
1: all right. And so had she not fought me, then she wouldn't have not gone to jail. But because she fought me, that's when we're they're like, okay, we're going to take her, but we're not going to take her on the warrant. So um, when I got hurt, I was off of work for three months. And because I was off of work during that three months, I felt like shit. Because during the three months that I was working, another one of my classmates and his mom was killed. Exactly the same domestic violence incident. The first time was with a knife, this time was with a gun.
0: And, and did you say his?
1: Yes, this 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 one was a guy.
0: Wow, so the perpetrator is was, it, was a female?
1: No, so a guy and his mom got killed oh by God. his stepdad.
0: Oh my God.
1: And the first one was a female and her mom by right, right, right. her stepdad.
0: So, I mean, this is like, I mean, that's crazy deja vu for you. Yeah. It's got to be.
1: Yeah. So it was. I felt like shit because I was like, I signed up to become a police officer. Although I didn't work in the city that it happened in, it was like, I signed up to be a police officer to make a difference. I, if I can't make a difference within people that I know, how can I make a difference in the world?
0: You're injured at this point, so yeah, you're, you're on leave.
1: Yeah, so that really took a toll on my mental health.
0: How did you deal with that?
1: I started going to counseling. I started this. This is when I started taking anxiety medication. When, I, like, before it was like anxiety was bad. But now I understand, like, it's not always bad. And that by me taking this medication, it didn't make me a bad person. It no. didn't make it bad. Right. So once I started, once I got over the initial shock that I had to take anxiety medication, then I became a better person all around.
0: So the $64,000 question is, how was that received by
1: your department? Initially, it was it was a fad. So that's what winged me out of that department. They sent me for a psychological, like once I got back to work or whatever, um, they sent me for a psychological eval because I called my chief out on his shit. He told me that the, he called the city administrator a bitch in front of me, and he told me that my perception of reality was not reality. Because when I called he told me I was br- basically. He said you're bringing the morale down in the apart- in the department, and I said, "How am I you, bringing you
0: alone? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you I- one." I person. said, "How am
1: I bringing the morale down in the department when you just called the city administrator a bitch in front of me?" Right. And you know, I said no such thing. I didn't do that. So that's when he told me your perception of reality is not reality, and I was like, "Oh, really?" After I just worked a twelve-hour shift on the night shift by myself, right. And so because I called him out on his bullshit, he's like, okay, we got to send you for a psychological.
0: So they used your mental health assistance, you know, as an, as an excuse to oust you because of this disagreement over his what is essentially unprofessional behavior. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that even three years coming up on four years now, you remember word for word what he said to you. Why did that stick with you so much?
1: It stuck with me because I felt a way about it. Like how can you tell somebody that their perception is not reality because I'm basically, I got you on what you're doing. And
0: it's grossly hypocritical.
1: Yeah. Grossly hypocritical. And Every time that I think about it, it's just like it just brings me to a place of I cannot like the audacity.
0: And how how do you have you? It stuck with you. Have you combated that throughout? You you, you feel yeah. like you've continued to combat that yeah. accusation. Yeah. Because like if someone accuses me of like you know being a certain way, I'm like oh yeah well I'll show you that I'm not that way and and you know I'm, how how did that stick with you? I mean after all these years.
1: So my. Perception of reality was definitely reality. Right. And then right. You're, when you're, you're
0: I, a, you're definitely a pragmatist. I, I would I would describe you as a pragmatist. It's A and B equals C, and it'll always be C.
1: So once I went to like for that psychological, and he made up stories, and he told this. Basically, he sent me for failure. But then uh, that's when I started to think like he was out to get. That's when I started to say like you're out to get me, because he was from the Central Texas area. But we weren't in Central Texas. But he sent me to the Central Texas area to to get my psychological. So I was like, well, is he sending me somebody that he knows? Mm -hmm. But once I sat down and I talked to that psychiatrist, I realized, like, she wasn't out to get me. Like, she basically—she said in her statement that I was in touch with reality— I knew what I was talking about. Things that I did do that I were that I was getting in trouble for, I took I took it. I said like, yeah, I did that.
0: And so, <clears throat> having a professional sort of validate what you knew to be true, like, no, I I do deal with reality. Uh, another way of saying it is like dealing with reality on reality's terms. Mm-hmm. So you, that that was nice, right? Having a professional v- validate that, like, oh yeah, no, I'm not. The, this thing you're accusing me of. Correct. Um, without getting you know, off a cliff here, because we could be here for another two hours, but mental health and police. There's, And I'm older than you, and I, and I was on the job a long, longer than you are, but back in the day, that was a, the, the scarlet letter, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, he's, he's crazy, man. Don't, don't go near him, right? Mental health. EAP. There was no Texas peer network, whatever the fuck. Yeah,
1: I was told that they didn't have an EAP, right. but they actually did.
0: Right, 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 okay. So we know the stigma that mental health carries with c- carries with it, and we have to. There's a, there's this delicate balance, and, and I, I I didn't know, or you know, I don't know how to navigate it myself because I. Uh, I did one of two things. I kept it to myself, and then when it did manifest itself, and it manifested itself in other ways, against my family or uh, possibly on the street. I mean, I didn't beat the shit out of anybody. but So we are in this position, because you were a supervisor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tell me, here's the question. I promise I'm getting to it. <laughs> here's the question. The fulcrum point is here in the middle. The balance is, you're a fucking cop. Get the fuck over it. Get to fucking work, quit your crying. On the other side of the seesaw is this guy has a, or gal ha- has a problem. He or she needs help. We, as their brother or sister, need to help lift them up in any ways possible without the stigma. How do you balance that? You know, how do you balance that as a cop? How do you balance that as someone who's been through it? How do you balance that as an administrator?
1: So I personally, like, I knew what I went through. So, when it came to other people going through the same situations, for me, it was like I knew that it was a delicate situation. And because I remembered exactly what he said to me, when he said it to me, you have to be very careful in your wording. So, I had a female that worked for me, and I thought she was crazy. But
0: she I I couldn't confirm that she was crazy.
1: But I wanted to, at the time you were my supervisor, but I was her supervisor. Right, right. So I was trying to come to you. I Pretty much I could say whatever to you. Right. I, I could bring it to you any kind of way, like, hey, she batshit crazy. We need to do something about her. Right. But that wasn't the way that I wanted to present it to you. So I came to you and I said, we're teeter-tottering that line of we need to do something or we need to fire her. And so, we we both had this thing where we would have to sleep on it. Right. So you're like, well, let me sleep on that. <laughs> so then you later came back and you were like, I think you're right. Like, we later found out that I was correct in
0: she one, was doing. One could argue that the situation resolved itself <laughs> in a in a very interesting way. Yeah. And maybe we'll tell that story one day.
1: But but she was she, sure. It it was definitely. It was the point, but what made me realize that it was at that point because, like, she was just doing whatever. Like, hey, don't. When you make a traffic stop, make sure that your lights are on. Make sure that your body camera is on. And it was just like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> my light's not on. My body camera's not on. Like, she really was, like, she did not care. But when she came to us, that wasn't the person that she was. So I very quickly realized that she was going through something
0: and so you know i i I, with this particular person there was a part of me that felt like will you just please go just do your fucking job for the love of goddamn christ but but i had you to buoy me and i'll say that i I i i always felt that mental health was important and any employee who ever wanted to seek eap or help you know i, I never shied away from I, I you know i mean i don't think so you <laughs> feel free to correct me but there is a part of me that's i'm projecting my own yeah i always, i think i always said to you it's like nobody gives a fuck about me nobody yes. gives a fuck about you nobody cares that i'm the in this position you know um so i think i projected a lot of that old, then why should anybody give a fuck about you so I think that's where you know when like people say or, or you know when white people when they say like <laughs> you gotta love yourself first I never understood that but I, I think I started to get it yes do you agree with that yes do you, do you agree that like I don't know like you do have to take care of yourself before you take care of others
1: yes if I'm not well it's like parenting if you're not well how can you expect your children to be well when you feel bad, just like when we were kids, hey, we remember like seeing our mom cry. When we went to school that next day, we didn't have the best day because we're like, well, what's wrong with mom? So it's the same thing in police work. It's just, if you're not well, then your day's not gonna go well, so you're probably gonna be projecting onto your suspects. And not even, they don't even have to be suspects, just people that you work people with. The people That's, that you're around. Right, right.
0: The reason you got on the job for that, I, I'm going to help someone. I'm going to right this sort of wrong, so to speak. Um did you uh, did you get that moment that that you know this is why I signed up for the fucking job? Yes. Can you tell me about that story if you remember it?
1: Mhm. So I was um working at my per- first paid agency and although there was a lot of bad that happened there, I I did do some good there. So when I was working there, it's
0: like any department where mm-hmm. it's like god, I don't you, you could uh, pay me with strippers cocaine and, 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 a, and a dick sucking machine, and I, I would never go back and work there. but some of my most fondest memories from the street and some of the people I worked with are there. Yeah. so it's this weird it's a weird ambivalence yeah. you know?
1: So um, when um, like I said at the time, now I'm thinking
0: about this, this machine <laughs> that, this purported machine <laughs> that uh, give me one second, let me. Amazon, no. Sorry.
1: So, um, there's this kid that um, he sold drugs, he used drugs, but his parents, they didn't raise him that way. And so, when, um, like I said, the jail was shut down at one point, not because of COVID, it was before COVID. But
0: yeah, because they're lazy fucks.
1: Yeah. So, the jail was shut down, so we would have to go to the next county over to right. take people to jail and i'm that person that always gets the end, the shit end of the stick and i'm the shit magnet so where
0: th- welcome to <laughs> we have a jacket for you to this club <laughs> you have executive access to the boardroom for shit magnets yeah. this is the national it's NASMA, the national association for shit magnets and assholes that's the <laughs> that's the second a uh I got in through. You can guess which uh trait I got my membership through. No, but I th- I, th- I like that. I love that about you. Yeah. And and people say, Oh, he's a shit magnet. He's a shit magnet." No, you're a fucking good investigator. Yeah. You observe. You notice things. That's what makes the shit magnets. It's the other cops who are driving around with their heads in the cloud. I'm hold on. I'm going to interrupt your very poignant story with a 20 minute rant. Uh, uh, of the guys walking around with their heads up in the clouds like did you not notice or or, or you know that they were just at that location five minutes ago on an lawn you come by you're like the fucking back door's open did you not he, because he or she clearly didn't come back here so yeah shit magnet shit magnet but that makes you a, a fucking good investigator
1: yeah I'm, I'm now learning that yeah yeah I just always for the longest you, you may I...
0: have heard that rant from me
1: no, when but... Once or twice. Yeah, but I'm, I always thought it was like... I always get the shit end of the deal. Right. But it's not that. It's that I'm observant. I pay attention. Yeah. I listen. And, I you, don't,
0: lo- and you love your job.
1: Yeah. I don't ride around in the car with the windows up. I want them down. I don't want to listen to the radio. I right. want to listen to the sound of outside.
0: Please like and subscribe to this podcast while you're on duty. And listen to this podcast <laughs> while you're on duty. Please.
1: Yeah, so... When I took this, I so I took four people to jail at one time to another county.
0: <laughs> that's
1: at the same time, <laughs> this guy is beating the shit out of his dad. Right, right. So, you know, the jails, they don't want you dropping people off and I'll be right back. But there's nobody else in this city that's 45 minutes away.
0: You're working solo.
1: I'm working solo. So I got to drop these shit bags off so I can go get this other shit bag. Right. So when I get over there, I'm talking to the kid and he's just like, I'm tired of doing drugs. I'm tired of this. Like, my dad don't trust me. My wife don't trust me. My kids don't like me. Basically, my life is shit. And so I sit down with him and I tell him, like, you got some dope on you, so you're going to jail. You beat your daddy up, so you're going to jail. But this doesn't have to be the end of your road. I said, you're 20 years old, twenty well, he's 20-something, mid-20s. Right. I'm older than him by a few years, but he can still turn his life around. So I explained to him, like, you still can be a good person. You still have time to turn your life around. So we sit down, and we have a long conversation, and I coast him into handcuffs, and I arrest him. I go book my five people in and...
0: Wait a minute. I thought it was four.
1: Well, he's number five.
0: (laughs) Hold on a second. I got to back up. I got to get this story straight. You have four APs in one car.
1: Yes. Who else is going...
0: How many fucking handcuffs did you have? Are you cuffing them to each other and shit?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I had handcuffs in my bag. Right.
0: So you got four. What are the four in custody for?
1: Um... I think they were they they were fighting as well. This is around Thanksgiving, so you know everybody fight around oh, Thanksgiving.
0: Oh my God! I think I think the statistics on domestic violence is is it like Thanksgiving and Mother's Day, right, or something like that? Like mm-hmm. when everybody gets together.
1: So they want to go pick this child up, right. who's at his father's house. <clears throat> sister says yes, you can go pick my child up, but she's not going with them. So mom, grandma, and two aunts. <laughs> you grandma. We're going to, We're. I mean, she's a young grandma. She was in her 40s. Oh, my God. <laughs> she was in her 40s. But and that,
0: when you say that, that immediately kind of tells you dis- yeah. dysfunction, maybe? Yeah, yeah. so yeah,
1: yeah. the two aunts are, like, 18, 19. Grandma's in her 40s. Jesus. And so I'm like, okay. Kids well, having kids. right? yeah. 15 yeah. years old having kids. And and uh, dad calls 911 because they bust in his front door, and they forcibly take the child and leave. Oh, my God. So, they, right. they kidnapped be, the kid, basically. Right. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. absolutely. And um, they, they assault the, the dad and stepdad. Right. Um, he has this big old black eye. And so, I mean, they were arrested like they needed to be. but
0: I do want to cut to the scene where all these women done gone to jail. Mm-hmm. And now the stepdad and the dad are just like watching football like you know packers these women
1: whooped our ass yeah
0: hey i think packers cowboys i think we're in the second half you want (laughs) to i mean i know this is weird but you want to sit down (laughs) i still got some stuffing like like, (laughs) turkey ready (laughs) so 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 the four women are in jail Mm -hmm. and then you you're coming back to get the fifth ap this kid Mm -hmm. did you you had left him at the scene yeah he without any inkling that he, he that he was going to jail like he didn't know he was going to jail
1: no, so um, I've already arrested the four people. I'm Now I'm on scene with him, and we're talking for an hour or so, and I then I coast him in the handcuffs, let him know he's going to jail. So now we're back at the jail with five people. Okay. So I arrest all five of these people.
0: And they're all just stuffed in your squad car?
1: No, so the four <laughs> people I left at the jail. So I made it to the jail with them. I got you. And then while I'm at the jail, then they tell me I have another disturbance in my city. Uh, I see. So I see. they allowed me to leave these four people, although they didn't want to. They didn't have a choice, though. Right. And so when I get to the guy's house and I arrest him and we have our conversation, and he he turns his life around.
0: How'd so you, How'd you find that
1: out? Um, He he actually he friended me on Facebook. And, you and I was very right. reluctant That's crazy, yeah. about accepting it, but he he turns his life around. He starts speaking at um, schools about drugs. Um, he becomes this. Um, he works for a college now, but he it's like a, a trade school. Right. So he he turns his life around. He gets um, what is it called when you take you get it expunged. Right. He got the, the charges expunged. Right. He got released from probation early because he turned his life around. And now he's good, happy, healthy weight. Like he's eating. He's providing for his family. He has the best relationship with his family. So I decide to go listen to his story that he's telling at the high school. He keeps inviting me, but I never show up. I never go. So finally one day I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. So I go, and he keeps talking about this cop that has changed his life, and I'm like, wait, he's talking about me. He keeps asking me to come to this because he keeps talking about me. I'm this officer that turned his life around and made him decide that my life isn't over. And he tells these kids, like, he was dealing meth, he was dealing heroin, mm-hmm. but At first, he was just using meth, Mm -hmm. and then he becomes a dealer, and then when he starts using the heroin is when he starts beating on his wife and beating on his family, and so once he, he, I realized that, oh my gosh, like, he, he, this story is about me and -hmm. about him, then that's when I realized, like, now I'm that officer that has made a difference.
0: How does that make you feel?
1: made me feel good because I finally, I, I wanted to become a police officer to, to make a difference, but I have finally made a difference, and I can see that I've made a difference somewhere.
0: It made all the bullshit worth it. The academy, the hesitation. Yeah. Chase some motherfuckers on train tracks.
1: Yes. When I didn't have to.
0: Okay, he, he said he needed help.
1: Cause on Christmas I feel joy And I turn back
0: to a boy The answer is so much for listening subscribing and sharing please rate and review the show on your favorite platforms follow us on apple podcasts spotify and youtube our website is nfipodcast.com youtube at nfi podcast and please reach out to us at podcast at nfipodcast.com let me know what you think new episodes released weekly or whenever I feel like it. Help us spread the word and tell us what you think. Share it with a friend. Stay safe and remember, do your job.